This is a presentation of Man Breed. Man Breed. Hello and welcome to Man Breed Live. I'm Michael Diallo McLendon. I'm here with the Brothers in Residence as we prepare to talk about uh, how men think to help the ladies out to some degree. I'm here, no doubt, with uh, Orlando Boyd, Brother Mr. Craig. What's going on, sir? Blessed, man. man Blessed. Man, glad to be another here. Another one. Another oh, one, Oh, my man. goodness. Man, so glad to be doing this and I'm glad to be doing it with my brothers. And, uh, man... Want to introduce the man himself? That's me, Big Doctor. There he hey, is in the house again. Y'all doing all right, Dr. Orlando? Mike. Yeah, we're making it happen. Glad to be here this week. You know, we got some interesting topics, right? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm getting some wisdom from y'all this week. Some some serious wisdom because we're going to talk about married men and uh, you all's perspective, and hopefully the sisters can get some understanding as to how married men think. Yeah, uh, because I think y'all find yourselves in some interesting situations and scenarios, yeah. and uh, and you know, oftentimes it seems like single women are even more attracted to married men, and married men had to be very disciplined about how they behave. So, but you know, yeah, we, I think we also want to cover on that you know some single men who want to be married for sure because yeah. there's a certain type of development yes that men who are being married have to be mature to be yeah uh there's a certain thing that not all men are husbands right and That's so good. we gonna have to break that down a little bit in this man breed yeah i'm, so, I'm gonna get schooled today hey, i'm gonna get schooled today <laughs> well I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and get started there you go uh can a married man be friends with the woman he is attracted to. Oof. I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, you know, I never want to exclude or speak in absolutes to say that never can be the case. But, uh, you know, anytime you're dealing with attraction, um, it gets tricky. You know, that's not to say, you know, as a married man, you're not going to find another woman attractive. Um, but that does increase the probability that you may step across the line or do something you wouldn't necessarily do in the presence of your partner. Now, that, that depends on the individual, of course, but um, it's so much involved because you're not just making a singular decision when you're talking about a woman of the, op- you know, a, a woman which is opposite sex of you and consideration of your wife who you have made this commitment to. So it's not just about can you do it? It's about, you know, what is the comfort level of your partner? With that interaction, you know, and, you know, um, your your wife knows your type and she knows what's being exuded or being expressed that catches your eye. You know, so yeah, as a married man, you she know before, you know, like your type has just walked in the room. (laughs) Right. You know, so that gets kind of tricky, you know, and there's a lot of nuances in that. And, you know, as we move forward, I'll dive more into that. But it's possible. Um, <laughs> I don't know how possible, but it's right, possible. Right, right. I, I think that it can be acceptable um, with this exception, right? Okay. I, I don't think it's possible for a married man to have a friend who they find or they're attracted to if there's constant contact. Okay. Meaning they work around each other. Uh, you know, have more frequent types of 
physical presence, I think that becomes problematic. Now, I also want to make sure that it's clear that finding someone attractive is different from being attracted to somebody. Okay. Because I can find a person, I walk down the street and find them attractive. Oh man, you know, they look good, but not be attracted. Attracted with the ED, I'm vibing with the person. I'm, I'm liking something, their personality, those other things like that. So I think any spouse has to be open to, find, to know that it's okay that their husband is a tr- find other women attractive. Right. But when it becomes that, okay, they are attracted to them, that, that's where the, the line starts to be. It, it's not as great at that point. Mm-hmm. And if a man can be true to himself and to his spouse and say, yeah, I'm finding that person attracted. I'm attracted to that person. Yeah. Yeah, then it's probably going to be some open discussions about, like, how close are you, you know what I'm saying, contact with this person. You know, sometimes people have, which has gotten a lot of marriages kind of messed up through social media because they're communicating. Now, communicating, some people have been attracted to people not even seeing them, just having that type of conversation because it still comes to what their personality and that type of thing like that. So it's still that kind of thing where somebody say, okay, where, where is it really a friendship? Right. Because that's where the question is, right? Can you be friends with somebody you're attracted to? And fundamentally, to be a friend to somebody, you have to be something that you're attracted to them about. But the key to it, when you, like what Doc was saying, that if the woman knows, okay, your wife, or hey, that's your type, meaning the type, what she looks like then that, that, that becomes problematic. Well, well, you mentioned something about working with uh, working somebody, you know, that you're yeah. attracted to. Yeah. Uh, as a married man, that's inevitably going to happen on some level, I would think. Uh, so navigating that terrain, you know, as a married man, you know, how how, how do you do that? You know, like, um, first of all, I don't want to talk about uh, attractiveness in a monolithic kind of way. Okay. Like, there are layers to attractiveness, okay. you know what I'm saying? So, um, find it like like Orlando said. Finding somebody attractive and having an attraction, mm-hmm. like you're really talking about chemistry. Okay, right. And so there's different levels of chemistry that we experience with other human beings all the time. It's about the the what is under the motivation for the chemistry, right? If you like the three of us, we sit in here, we have these conversations. We are building man breed live, and right. we we. We enjoy the conversation because we have a chemistry, right? Right, and that's just not because we are all we, we we're male. Mm-hmm. You know, there there could be women involved in this conversation, and it can be a really good conversation, and we'll have chemistry there too, right? Right. So there's an attraction for us to commune in this workspace, right? It's the motivation behind the attraction, and um, like Orlando said, you got to be in tune with self. The 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 issue that a lot of married men have. Is that there are two there are two different marriages that happen in one space. There's his marriage and then there's her marriage. Okay, break that down. And so like her marriage comes along with with its own set of of rules and boundaries, and his marriage comes along with its own set of rules and boundaries. Yeah. And she her her senses or her radar is set up to pick up on air traffic control, and his radar is set up to pick up on ground control. So there's necessarily some things that he's going to miss because he just doesn't police the same way she polices. And sometimes men, like we recognize the chemistry between us and another female, 
but it doesn't have the same motive or we don't have the same agenda behind the chemistry. We just feel like, okay, that's a space that, that we can vibe in with less friction. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there are other times that maybe the female might have another motive and out of our need to want to keep that chemistry flowing, we may not necessarily put the boundaries where they need to go. Right. But that becomes problematic for our partner. And so, like, those are the things that are at play when we talk about attraction and being attracted. Now, when you become attracted to another female, generally there's some other things present because, you know, one of my old mentors, she she told me, she said, everybody either got somebody or they looking for somebody. You just got to make sure that when they look and it just don't add up. Which means that could be, you know, what she was innately saying that there's a primal instinct in there to kind of be seeking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like every day we should be working to be the best partner, engage with our partner. So when that comes up, it don't add up like it's no comparison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But attraction is natural. Mm-hmm. It's just do you have control over those urges? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think one of the other aspects of coming to it is Dr. alluding to is that you know making sure that it's natural spouse should feel in that but also another point to we know we'll get to this maybe a little bit down the line is like the security that yeah one has in winning of themselves and in the relationship because well, some women feel that if the husband is not giving them all their attention or some other issues and things like that then that is it must be somebody else or maybe something in their past Mm-hmm. that causes them to feel insecure or if the husband is always getting compliments mm-hmm. from other people they may feel disrespectful or their friends may be feeding into them like oh yeah you better watch you know what i'm saying that kind of thing so then they become insecure about when they have other female friends but the males say hey i got female friends or i want to you know go out with so and so they're going to be there or whatever it, it just causes this this constant cycle into that which based off a relationship could open up some other doors that could be problematic. Yeah, and, you know, be mindful of that. Like that, you mentioned something real important, like that secure space. Mm -hmm. You know, like that people's insecurities flare up for a myriad of reasons. And and so, you know, there's some things you could be doing that triggers the trauma, but it's not the cause of the trauma, Mm -hmm. right? And so, but because you triggered the trauma, you're going to get all the heat as if you caused it. Mm. Right. But you have to be mindful of that when you are, especially when you're engaging in any type of relationship with the opposite sex. Yeah. You know, because security of a relationship is at play. Your security as an individual is at play. Your partner's security as an individual is at play. And all of that's wrapped up into one scene. And when you decide to sign the contract at the wedding to commit to this thing called marriage, then you are obligated to always consider that other person in the decisions that you make. Right. So insecurity and uh, plays yeah, a big role. Yeah, insecurity. And, and then, like I said, the other part, too, I think Doc alluded to this as well, that uh, a lot of times when people have, and I, and I equate it to this, right, uh, using one of my famous analogies, when a person is, you know, you can have, you love your favorite foods, right? Mm-hmm. You can be steak, spaghetti, whatever it is, right? If you're getting full off of that, now I'm full, and I go hang out with Mike, say, hey man, we're going down to the all-you-can-eat buffet. I'm full. If a person is content with being full, they can see all the other food, but they're not gonna touch that, they're, they're good. 
They don't eat anymore. Same thing in, in a relationship. If I'm good, even though may find somebody attractive, attractive, uh -huh. attractive yeah, be it, being attracted doesn't have the same effect because I'm full. It usually comes into a void. Being, and we'll talk about that. But let, let, me, let me put this out here though. There, there's a certain franchise of a chicken sandwich that ain't done nothing wrong to nobody. <laughs> but there was a hype about another chicken sandwich, and even yes. though that chicken sandwich ain't none, done nothing to you, there was still an urge to go try out mm -hmm. the new chicken sandwich. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Which means that there's this natural curiosity that resides in everybody. Let's just be honest about it. Like if I'm a foodie, and I, I might just keep eating. You, you, wait, wait. Not even, not even that you eating to 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 be full yeah. or for nourishment. You just a foodie and you like to taste different things. Yeah. So <laughs> both, both of those yeah, are in there. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you, Orlando. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know that that whole chicken sandwich fiasco was the first great opportunity right. that you got a woman here that ain't done nothing to yeah. you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then there's still this urge to go ahead and try out this other. Woman, well, like, where does that come from? Well, it's primal. Now, you have to master that. Right. You have an obligation right. to master it from the head down. Right. So, so when you start talking about insecurity, you know, sometimes that's the man, sometimes that's the woman. Uh, but what kind of issues would you say would lead to a brother, a married man, being kind of discontent in his situation uh, as it relates to their marriage. I mean, what kind of issues um, cause that? I think in going back to the, the breeze, the issues could be varied. I mean, okay. that one issue may not be as severe to a certain type of breed of guy than mm -hmm. another. You know, mm -hmm. okay. so it could be it could be variant. For example, uh, a conventional breed guy is probably okay if he had been the breadwinner, right? And then it flipped. His wife become the breadwinner and now exerting control and things like that. Well, some other breeds may have a conflict with that. They don't want to feel like their role is being minimized. Well, the conventional breed may be okay with it. Or, you know, one of the complex breeds may be okay with it. He like his wife taking control and being ahead of it. Where competitive breed do might have a little bit of an issue. Mm -hmm. Saying, you know what, no, nah, that's taking me out of my place. So some issues like that, um, it can vary between in a relationship. Um, Sometimes it could be, we just talked about it, friends. Some guys want their woman to be, you know, treat them like kings and, and things like that. But if the wife is showing too much attention to sometimes the children, mm. sometimes to her other friends, her mother, all those other things start to have some effect that right. cause the married man to feel like, okay, I'm not being felt like I'm deserving of the affirmation that I'm doing all this, I'm working, and I'm not, I'm not getting the attention that I, I think I deserve. So once again, some other breeds could feel like, you do you, boo, I'm good. Right. We need that, and, and that issue is not prevalent for them. Mm -hmm. So I think, talk about some of the issues that I know Doc probably, you know, sit down with a ton of people and kind of going over, but the issues vary depending on the breed because of how their makeup is. So it can be as diverse as the number of people you have in terms of the issues that men could have that would cause them, or, or issues in the relationship that could cause them to be discontent and then yeah i mean you know at the core just from my experience you know one of the things that reoccurs in relationships when i'm talking to people is, is mattering mm -hmm. you know like the various breeds of man of men in relationships at the end of the day like they want to feel like they matter yeah. to the relationship yeah 
you know, and you know, depending on which type of breed you're dealing with, they don't want to be demasculated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they want that masculinity to be at the forefront. They kind of want to control. They want to be a keystone to the relationship. While you, while she may be the spokesperson, mm-hmm. you know, behind the scenes, he knows he's the keystone, so it's all good. But that's the reoccurring theme is like they men want to know that they matter, and when they stop feeling as if they matter there, they gonna matter somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then that is what makes attraction and attracted so problematic because that attention says, oh, you see me? I matter. Something about me matters to you. So let me engage with that because I want that feeling of mattering like it's it's purposeful. It feels purposeful in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes in relationship from my my dealings and my experiences, um, with individuals that when they lose that feeling of mattering, then they seek it out other places for whatever reason, you know, for, for various types of, of missteps and traumas that, that come back up. So kind of like the void that Orlando yeah, was exactly, That's exactly what it is. And, and sometimes those voids happen via time and change. Mm-hmm. Change is one of the big issues. Mm-hmm. When you talk about issues, you know, like, People should have a development or a maturation. That should be, but it, it should go together. I know Doc had probably seen as well that some when the changes happen, they start to go separate. Like the person yeah. become a different. Like I don't even recognize that person. Sometimes will happen, and I hear people who have been in ma- marriages before say this, where they say, especially being very blunt about it, the sex life changes. Mm-hmm. You know, pre marriage, man, it's it's euphoria. Post-marriage, kids and anything like that, life start happening. Hey, it's a big change here. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that becomes an issue. Yeah. So married men, once again, we talk about where some of the voids come in at. If you're full, it ain't good. You're good. <laughs> but something started lacking that was a change from, hey, this is what I married. And now right. it's not quite the same. Right. It started opening up. That's the issue. You know what I mean? Because and, and a single person person start changing guess what it's deuces right right <laughs> and, let, and let's be clear like what, even what you just mentioned like when it comes to like the sex issue within marriage and they like well the sex change you know like generally when that stops yeah it's because other things that precede sex stop sex is just the the measuring indicator for all the other things that stop that leads up to sex Right. And so, like, pre-marriage, you know, if, if that's your thing, premarital sex, like, you do a, a plethora of things that leads up to that moment. Right, because you're courting, you're dating, you're, you're, you're motivated to do that. And generally, people stop doing those things, and the end result is that you don't get the sex outcome. And then here you are sitting in a sexless marriage saying she done changed, she don't want to give it up, and she looking at you like, well, he don't find me attractive. Yeah. Right. But you forget the fact that you start wearing lingerie, you start putting that uh, black girl do-rag on and, or that, that bonnet on, coming to bed. Like, you forgot you start doing all those things instead of keeping it sexy. Mm-hmm. Right? But the outcome of that was a lack of sex. So, y'all kind of segue into my next question because you mentioned sex and you mentioned mattering. Like, what, what are some of the things that men need? And I hope it's not too general of a question, but men in general in some sense need to be content like in their marriage what are some of the things like you mentioned sex knowing that I matter are there some other things that you can just kind of generalize to men or to breeds Orlando uh, that that are keystones for contentment for men 
um, in a marriage. Well, well, like I said, a lot of times those men would typically have a typically have a set or a drive that gets into some some feeling of fulfillment, right? And for the most part, most men look for their woman to be that support, that backbone or whatever. And for them to be content is that that same push that I'm out here doing what I'm doing and I'm getting the support, albeit from, like I said, a affirmation. Hey, you know, you're doing great. You're doing this. And that, that keeps them keeps them going, keep that drive, that fuel going, whatever it is. If they one of those type of people that work the same job and working the same job or whatever, just saying, hey, listen, um, we I appreciate this home mm-hmm. that I have this this you making sure that the, the children have the uh, the clothes and, and, and you know, right. whatever, everything they need. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the biggest thing that they the man feels that they're whatever they're doing is making someone else happy. Yeah. Their provisions is making someone else is happy. That makes them happy. Mm-hmm. That's at the core of it. All the, some of the other stuff can be auxiliary. You know, his team is winning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, right. they, they in the playoffs. Right. So he, he good. Yeah, you know, he real good. Right? He, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They were able to go right. on a vacation right. and steal money in the bank and yeah. stuff like that. They, yeah. they, they're good. You know, those those are some of the auxiliary things that yeah. make happiness. Yeah, I mean, you you hit that on, you hit it dead on the um, the head of the nail. Uh, Matt, it, it, it matters. My efforts matter, yeah. and uh, far too often in relationships and marriages, um, I hear men talking about uh, that their wives never affirm their efforts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even down to a thank you, but let them not stack that dishwasher right. They hear that, mm-hmm. mm. you know. Let let them not attend to something a doorknob that's loose. Mm-hmm. They hear that, mm-hmm. but there, there's never a thank you when you wake up and you walk out and the car's already started warming for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like well, that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And that's just like like a, a recollection across experiences from when I've talked to people. So mm-hmm. like men like the affirmation. Yeah. The affirmation is what motivates them to do the act. And the act is what solidifies or reaffirms that what they're doing, their contributions in the marriage matters. Like it's having an impact because right. men like we're results driven. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, like if I do something and then I don't see the impact of my efforts, then I change my efforts. Right. Yeah. Or if you act as if my efforts really don't contribute to anything, then I'm going to put efforts somewhere else where it does. Yeah. Where I do see results. Yeah. So I tell you what, let, let, there's so much more we need to go into, but uh, let, let's let's take a break and, and come back for some more Man Breed Live. And now we're back with more Man Breed Live, and we were talking about some of the things uh, that uh, affect married men, and we're talking about the efforts. We've been talking about insecurities and how that affects relationships. I guess my next question is: when you start talking about men needing affirmation, married men from their spouses. Uh, is this a part of the whole love languages thing that we hear? Because I, I know there's a book about the five love languages. Yeah, I'm yeah, hearing words of affirmation. That. Is this <laughs> like is, does this book fit into this whole conversation? I mean, that's a human book. You know, okay. when you're talking about the love languages of, of people, affirmations, act of kindness, so forth, so on. Like th- th- those are things that fit to not just men, but just people in general. Yeah. You know, I for me personally, I do think um, 
as you start to narrow down the category, you may see a higher probability of a specific language to specific people, in this case, men. You know, we are, like I say, we are visual. And so um, there are things in the love language that if we can see it and measure it, then we're good with that. Yeah. Right? So we're not really too big on, uh, like, that's the, the feeling that you love me. Like, show me something that right. shows, you know, like, for most men. You yeah, know, sure. I just have, I'm an anomaly because one of my my love languages like i like quality time i like to communicate i'll take that over a surprise gift of or, or anything like that like mm-hmm. because your time is your most valuable asset but that's how i mm-hmm. view things mm-hmm. but when i talk to most men you know like like you said orlando like if i do something or if, if you know most men like if i do something you look at me and you simply say thank you mm-hmm. that's going to encourage me to do it again yeah. right yeah. right yeah. so so as it relates to Married men and discontentment, because I know as it relates to staying in that relationship and having a healthy one, it's good for a brother and his spouse to be content. But what are some behaviors that a man starts to exhibit when, like, the married when he? Because I, I really want to hear Orlando. Answer. Okay, so, <laughs> now I'm about to go here. All right, okay. we, all right. we've been playing this whole time. Okay. How dangerous is a thank you, Orlando, if you ain't getting what needs to happen at home? <laughs> Tell me, come on, Mike. Tell me how how dangerous is a you look nice today in that jacket if it ain't happening at home. Right, right. right. And you find her attractive even though you ain't attracted. Tell me how dangerous is that? (laughs) That that basically that's a void. When the voids are there, it it opens up the floodgates. Right. Yeah. We know anything can happen. So. You talk about what are some of the things when a, when a person is discontent, if he's looking to check out, whatever it is, that clearly is a lack of attention. Yeah. You know, if my attention is somewhere else, little things become, there's that, uh, like I say, comedian uh, Dave Chappelle said that men are like hunters, right? Yeah. And men have a certain skill. When they're going into a hunt, it's a, it's a laser focus. Yeah. Most men can't necessarily focus on multiple things at once. Mm-hmm. You know, something's got to give. You know, you can't serve two masters, as they say. Right. So when little attention to details are not there, you, you, you coin the term checking out, that is one of them. If it was always little things and saying, you know, little kisses and things like that, little conversations about like, hey, how was your day? All those things like that are gone. Yeah. Something else got the attention. Now, let's not go overboard like it happened one day. Okay. No, no. One day is not. Yeah, we're talking about reoccurring. Yeah, we're talking about it ain't happening in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's probably a sign that something's missing. And I'll go as far as to to add this or to infuse this into the conversation. In, In a marriage, like, the wife is the first person to know. Yeah. What's not being taken care of? Yeah, you know, because you know, I've 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 talked to people in sessions, and she may or may not be using that as the 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 tool for manipulation. So she knows where the deficit is because she's the one to cut off the water, right? You know, and I'm not not just talking about relation. I'm talking about in a myriad of areas. Like she knows she stopped cooking for you, or if that's her, you know, what she generally shows. Mm-hmm. You know, her affection for you and not saying that all women have to be the cookers, but I'm just saying right. they're the first person to know what they what they've scaled back on. Mm-hmm. 
And men are, you know, the same way, right? Yeah. So I've scaled back on the relations between me and my husband because, you know, I was upset because yada, yada, and now it's been three months. Mm-hmm. So now she's the first person to know when your type walks in the room and you find that attractive, right. let alone if that finds him attractive, that there is a chink in the armor because mm-hmm. all it takes is that jacket looks nice. Right. But too often, like, people will take that inter, that personal internal thing and try to make it external, cast it off on somebody else like it's his fault when, like, this is a this is a tandem. Like, right. y'all dancing together. Yeah. And personal responsibility and accountability is how you make a relationship flourish. It's not trying to make excuses for why something happens. Just on your part. Yeah, you know, and as a single man, it's like what I'm hearing from you guys is that there's a lot of uh, – attention and responsibility and work that goes into not only enjoying but maintenancing a relation a married relationship Mm -hmm. you know so i guess my my question as a single man is what's the biggest difference in thinking that you see between single men and married men in order to kind of get to that point and maintain something uh from my standpoint like what i'm when i see especially younger men who are interested or inquiring about marriage. They are inquiring about marriage, but don't want anything to do with commitment. Right. Elaborate. So they, they, they want to engage in a partnership and they want the outcome of a beautiful marriage, but they don't want anything else in the middle that it takes to produce that product. Mm-hmm. And that I see a lot of that in women also. Because they will complain about, I'm not trying to raise no man. And when he come, it's got to be yada, 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 and this, that, and the other. And if I had to be transparent, I, I see women who then look at me as if I'm the catch of the day. And trust me, I do believe I'm a lottery pick. But I didn't just get here overnight. And my wife didn't, like, she didn't get me, like, by chance. Like, she's been along for the journey. And this took work to get here. And I still feel like there's a lot of work to do. But a lot of people just want the outcome. And yeah, and y'all know, like, as you coming in this and you start to step into your space successfully or achieve things, like, women are constantly looking at that like, yo, I want that. But at the core of it, somebody else helped to build it. And yeah. you got to be honest about that. You yeah. know, like, if you want that outcome, you got to commit to it. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to relationships, it's funny how many people just figure, well, I've registered via the wedding and the, the, the rest of it's supposed to take care of itself <laughs> no that's you read you register for class yeah the hardest classes you're gonna ever take <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 and you can you test every day yeah. Yeah. you know uh i i hear from a, a many married men well let me say this many formerly married men mm. who transitioned to being the single man and i i guarantee Every last one of them talk about they now have a shifting of thinking because their decisions are all about themselves now. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about the other person down to what they're going to eat that night. They can, they only thinking about themselves. You know what I'm saying? They, they only have to think about themselves now. So single men, and you say the different, the big, the major difference in that is that a married man know that every decision just about he has to think about the other person, the family. What was the recourse to this decision, especially when it comes to finances? Yeah, you know, buying something like you know, single men have can be more impulsive. 
in the decision making. Married men have to be more calculated. Now, not to say some some married men aren't impulsive and buying some lady. Hey, wife, look what I got. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But they've probably been down through that. If they've had some arguments before about something about spending the joint account money or doing some other stuff, they're gonna they got they they weathered that storm and now they they have to change their thinking when they're making purchases or going somewhere or things like that. So as a married man, it changes the way. I can't just say, you know what, Doc said, hey, man, look, man, we're going to drive to Memphis, man, you want to go with us? (laughs) (laughs) So decision-making is more, it's a group, Uh, or at least a shared thing. Absolutely. That's one of the bigger things. And then, um, as we talk about, like, going back to one of the other questions about friends, that comes into play. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, If you got a new co-worker... You know, I got to think twice before I, like, hey, you know, what's after work, you know what I'm saying, let's go hang out, or, hey, what's your sale? got think about that. <laughs> you got right. to think about you that really do. Out your sale you do. to your friend, right, right, right. That you, your coworker. Right. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? And if she texts you, right. give you all the explanation out, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, that's Nicole at work. You know, you know, I told you, you know about Nicole. Nicole. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, you remember what I'm <laughs> All that gotta come up. You know what I'm saying? Single dude yeah. ain't gotta worry about that. Yeah, no, single right. dude can have his phone million, yeah. three o'clock in the morning phone right. going. I mean, right. gotta worry about Save that. all yeah. the text messages. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let, let alone yeah. Nicole call and she ain't seen it, but she finally see Nicole. Finally and see Nicole up. is your yeah. type of Nicole. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Even if Nicole so, married herself. Yeah, smoking the city. Right. It's, it, 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 it changes the way you think. You right. Know what I'm so right. that's one of the biggest things of it is just in the preparation of where you you gotta you gotta think openly. Right. Uh, and not just you know laser boom like hey it don't matter. And getting back into taking your spouse into account, whether yeah. it's decision making, the actions, whatever it yeah. is, making sure you take your spouse into account. Yeah. Well, in terms of being more personal, what are some of the things that you wish you had known, either one of you all, both of you all, uh, when you were single about being a married person or a married man? Like, I wish I'd known this before I got married. Uh, you know, for me, um, to be completely transparent, I, I wish I knew that I could make it whatever I wanted. Like mm-hmm. nobody, nobody ever told me that. Like, I, to be honest with you, I never seen a successful marriage. I seen a presentation of one, but I never seen behind the curtain. Like, I didn't. My my family makeup as a child was not a byproduct of a marriage, so I didn't even see behind the curtain in that fashion. And so, the only thing that I had to really uh, juxtapose my marriage to was the culmination or compilation of happy ever afters, right? And even those were built on, you know, European fairy tales. Right. So nobody ever told me, like, you know, you can get in here and if you have somebody that can build and work with you and and you work towards solutions, you can make it whatever you want it to be. Literally. And you can set your own standards for what that means as far as like happiness and success. Mm -hmm. So if somebody had told me that, like, I probably would have went in with a different mindset. Yeah. And because you got to remember, like, because I didn't come from a unit that, that was made up of a traditional marriage, like, the only thing or the only checklist that I had at the time for what a wife looked like was really based on a mother. Mm-hmm. And a mother ain't a wife. But that's all I had. So that's all I went into it with. Mm-hmm. So I wish somebody had to set me down and say, yeah, that's one aspect mm-hmm. of a four-sided, you know, shape. 
and there's other things you can do, but you could literally mold those other sides based on you can make it whatever you want it to be. But, you know, and y'all can testify to that. When you start talking to uh, people who are married, especially men, the only time you'll get it, not the only, not absolute, most of the time you're going to get advice on why you should not do it. Right. (laughs) And the ones who are in one, they are a little less boisterous than those who want to be out. And so you look at them like, well, dog, I mean, does he ever say anything? He looks to his wife for permission. Like, so, you know, I wish the ones who had the secret, which there are some, but they're not enough that sit you down and really have those conversations. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, you know, for me, I wish somebody just told me I can make whatever I want. So com- coming up, you know, in the way you described in terms of not necessarily having the mother and father there, and w- because of a lot of brothers, that, that's the situation. Yeah. And so in terms of when women start uh, dealing with a brother who has that scenario, if you will, uh, what's some things that were important, like, for you in terms of as you started kind of moving towards marriage in terms of, like this type of sister, that type of sister, or this type of behavior. What were some things that were like particular about the way relationships developed, and how you know you finally got to this point where, okay, I can build with this sister. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'll be brief, but for me, it was simply uh, I had to be with someone who did not cage me in. Like you know, they tell you that like marriage is two people coming together, and now you one. Like that never really set with my spirit. No, we still two individuals, right? There's some things I do that I like and you don't like and vice versa. So I had to be with somebody who was, like, sincere about just letting me be an individual with the understanding and the trust that when I make decisions, I'll take you into consideration. Trust. Yeah. Yeah. And not every decision I make is a byproduct of me wanting to have an effect on you. Right, yeah. you don't take and personalize every decision I make. Sometimes I just make it because I make it because that's part of my own growth cycle, so forth, so on. But for me, it was about like I don't want any judgment for trying to continue to to learn who I am because there's depth to each one of us. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that was a big factor for me. I don't know about you, Orlando. Well, you said you know one of the things that I wish I had known before. Um, I would have known that I needed more time to know myself. Okay. Now, so I got I got married fairly young. I look back on it it's like no way in the world I should have been married at twenty five years old. But that's what that's how old I was. But it, like I'm like Doc, even though my mother and father never married, I was around both my grandparents were married for years and years, had a lot of kids, and I grew up with my grandmother raised me. So I saw that. Right. Looking at TV, the Cosby Show, everybody like, oh, yeah. that's how that's how marriage should be. You know what I mean? So I I had had this projection of you get in a relationship if it's a good person you know that you know for wife you have a child start the family unit byproduct is marriage yeah. you know what I'm saying and therefore then I was in that you know, but before I even knew who I was I was married and so looking back on it I, I pro- most likely should have took a little bit more time but child came into play so it was like hearing yeah, you we're going to marry that girl. You better go on and marry that girl. You yeah. better go on and marry that girl. You know what I'm saying? And one of the things that that not to say and not taking anything away from my marriage as it is now, but I see some people now who have been married and gotten divorced. Mm. And it's not that one person was bad and the other one was good. They both were good people. Right. Sometimes good people make 
a bad choice for marriage. They're not mm-hmm. basically, they shouldn't have been married. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that, that hounds a lot of people in their marriages once they get into them. They realize, even though know you're a good person, we're probably not the best fit. Yeah. And that's where it comes to now my maturation, especially now understanding men better and understanding the breeds. Yeah. Understanding like, okay, it's it's so vital to make sure the compatibility is there. So as you continue to mature, that that person is going parallel with you and not opposite of right. So, so when you say you think you got married too early, you're talking about your development more so than your age, I believe. And, and if, if that's the case too, okay, well with the development, what are some of the things that you would say it would have been better to have developed before you got married in terms of, uh, you know, like you wish you had. Me and my, myself, and even, and I, and I give my wife big kudos on this because she says it, because once again, she's older than me. Mm-hmm. So, but she was, she would always say, you know, maybe we, you got married too soon because you didn't get a chance to experience, you know, yeah. what it's like to be in other relationships with women. You know what I mean? And I look at that now because, simply because I was so, I was just so laser focused. Mm-hmm. Like my friends and relatives always say that at a young age, I was very mature. So when I was 16, I was acting like I was 21 because I had to, you know, once again, growing up with my grandparents, my grandparents yeah. older than me, I had to learn a lot yeah. in self-survival. So I was very mature for my age. So even though when I got married at 25, I was living like a 30-something year old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I already had, you know, uh, everybody around me was older. So, of course, it made me have a certain maturity. But there still was a certain lack that I had when it came to, okay, when this comes up, what am I supposed to do? Right. Because I was right. also used to the straight ahead, like, like once again, I use grand, grandparents as models, both sides, paternal and maternal. That that husband had a different mindset yeah. on how to address wives and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I found out those tactics wasn't working, I got passive aggressive. Yeah. And then it, it opened up with some old... You know, so that that kind of stuff is mm-hmm. is is key, and I know, like I said, we we get to some of those other topics definitely. in future episodes, but you know, definitely. Yeah. Well, this is my final question, right? So you know, as a single man and, and two brothers right here who are married and uh, are people that I look up to in terms of you know putting in work. There you go. Right. Uh, I think you always say, Doc, uh, the best man is a trying man. That's it. Uh, so as a single man, uh, the question is then, uh, what are some habits? You would say like single brothers should be working on to develop just so that as they transition into husbandry, they're at a place that uh, puts them with the winning edge more so than, you know, coming in behind the eight ball. It's like, uh, I'm lost. You know, I, I would suggest that you sit down and talk to somebody who's engaged in putting in work, you know, in every aspect of. Um, a man's life when you look across the board whether it is an actual job or you know a social circle when you network and like we understand even with our car like in order to get it to where we want we got to put in the work and sometimes when you don't know what it is you know when you think about those other externalities you go to somebody who tends to be the expert you're like hey man this is what i'm hearing when i drive and and when i pull off you know what's in there like well man that sound like that might be your cop rate you know but that's how you start to build your own knowledge base for keeping up your own stuff. And marriage is no different. You know, you want to sit down with brothers that you know are, that, that, that are honest, they are going to be transparent, and give you the real-life script. And, and what I mean by that is, like, you want somebody who is going to help you prepare your mind. 
like the the there has to be more to your life. The only commitment you've made cannot be a tattoo. You know what I mean? Like there has to be other aspects of your life that you have explored, that you have sifted, that you have truly committed to. You know, yeah. commit to a hobby. Understand what it means to to maintain that hobby. You may have a pet. You commit to that. Like understand, but. As you do that, it's not just about that. It's about learning yourself in commitment. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there'll necessarily be some things that will be deal breakers for you. And that's okay. Because you can make it anything you want. And then there's some other things that you will realize, like, no, I wasn't, didn't quite know I had an aptitude or an ability to build like that. So I want that in my union. Yeah. And so you'll put that on the table. But you never, like, too often... You know, I, I've watched men of, of, of all type come to the altar, and that is the first time that they've ever made a commitment. So they don't even know who they are yeah. once they get inside it because they they haven't explored that. So everything is it's like it, it, it's ad living. Mm-hmm. But you need to at least go in with some lyrics, mm-hmm. right? Because you should have committed <laughs> right, to right, something. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just not exclusive to men. I see yeah. women do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you making a commitment based on what you feel like you can benefit from the union. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do that. Like, commit to some other things. Learn who you are in commitment because you look different. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. You look different. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, as you say, that habits, right? Um, <clears throat> so one habit a, a, a person has to develop is compromise. <laughs> okay. Some people... It, it, when you're single, it's all your way. It's about your way, depending on how your upbringing was and things like that. If you had siblings, you know you had to compromise, but certain things are still you got your way, and especially when you became an adult and you know off to college or whatever else you're you know working in. So you have to learn how to compromise, in a sense. And if you are a problem solver, or if you're not a problem solver, probably want to get into a habit of kind of you know, when you go in and diagnose mm-hmm. something. If you're getting asked to solve, you know, go into a, 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 a issue and you know you go into what your your whatever you come up with your solution is if you feel that it's an absolute and you say whoever the other person is mainly going into a relationship once again that comes to another level of compromise but if they have a different of opinion to either a be able to state your case a lot better meaning that uh, I won't. I won't call it argument, but you need to be able to debate. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to have a a level of being able to fully explain yourself. So, the habit is better communication. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're going to have those things that when it's just you, you not. It doesn't matter if you had a girlfriend. Right. Once again, because a lot of times when there's some issues or something like that. You single, you can check out. Right. You know what I mean? You got that option. Put, yeah, you don't have to put that kind of energy. And, and I'm hearing now from single people, like, now a lot of people don't want to put in the work. Yeah. It's, it's some work, and, and that's part of it. You know what I'm saying? When you have to submit in the sense of, I know I'm right, but to make peace. Right. You know what I mean? Because some people get in, in and of themselves, they get become spoiled, they become indignant and they like you know what ah, this way it is right you right. know what i mean and therefore there is no compromise and therefore you're at a stalemate and now you know it's right. over 
crime. Yeah, you, you said something very important. You know, just because you say you can com- you communicate, don't mean you communicate. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And and I say that because even when we look at uh you know research, like the vast majority of people don't know how to communicate. Right. So you know what I'm saying you you think just because you can string together a sentence and point it at somebody that you're communicating, and that's not the case at all. Because communication really, like I've said before, like it requires you to have a high emotional intelligence, which means to experience the emotion, but not necessarily act on it. Mm-hmm. Because the emotion will get in the way of the interpretation in yeah. communication. Yeah. So can can you can you have enough? Can you be motivated by love and concern and sincerity enough to take your emotions and set it to the side so that you could try to get clear on what's being said? Because it's not about me being right, and it's not about her being right. It's about finding a solution to the issue. And so, if I if I'm never motivated towards the solution, and I'm only motivated by being right, then that means every single time we talk, we draw a line in the sand, and somebody has to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which means we ain't on the same team. We ain't right. partners. Right. That's right. We adversaries. That's right. So I'm here. You know, know yourself. For sure. And I'm here in commitment. And I'm hearing communication. How you gonna secure the bag when you insecure with yourself? It, it don't even matter. Yeah. yeah. Amen. That's good stuff, brothers. Y'all been breaking it down today. <laughs> what we do, man. Breathe live. Right, man. Breathe live. Uh, so if you're listening, I hope you gained something from this, some good knowledge. Uh, we're gonna continue to bring these powerful podcasts uh, because today uh, this was really good. I think not only the, the sisters, but definitely the single brothers, and, and I'm sure some married ones as well. Yeah. Uh, got some wisdom from uh, what you all dropped. So, so uh, this is Diallo signing off. Uh, Man Breed Live. Hey, make sure, before we do sign off, make sure that you check us out on our social media, uh, be that Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, just check us out and uh, let us know what you think. And uh, yeah. we're going to have a lot little more questions. Behind the scenes, little tidbits and things yeah. like that on the shows that yeah. can help support. Find out really what we're thinking and all those the things like that. Be sure to like us, download uh, the podcast share it with somebody that's, that's right that's thing. right share it with somebody if this thing has touched you share it with somebody and hopefully it touches them as well and comment if you have someone there you know leave a comment about your thoughts maybe you got questions you want us to try to address while we're here feel free to leave it out there man breathe live see you on next time